You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 47, the Stuart Howden Classic Auto Mall. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, you will get a CFC exclusive behind-the-scenes tour of a truly one-of-a-kind automobile consignment facility. We're talking about the classic auto mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Meet Stuart Howden, president of this world-class vehicle consignment house nestled in southeastern PA. You're about to learn all about the 336,000 square foot climate controlled building that can house 1,000 for sale vehicles under nearly eight acres of roof. Grab your checkbook, call the bank, secure the loan. It's time to go classic car shopping. So let's get wrapped up. Hello, Cubers, and welcome back to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren, and today my co-driver, Scott, is with me. Howdy ho, everybody. And just want to talk about last Saturday, we had the great privilege to go to Morgantown, Pennsylvania. For those that aren't familiar, that is southeastern Pennsylvania, not too far uh, from Philadelphia, just a little bit west of the city of Philadelphia. And uh, we had an amazing time there. What you're going to hear today is an interview with uh, Stuart Howden. He is the president of Classic Auto Mall, and they've been in business now just about 15 months and doing some incredible things down there. Can't wait to share that with you. This is going to be a longer than normal interview because we had such great content with Stuart. How about it, Scott? He gave us the royal treatment. He was wonderful, so comfortable, drove us around on the golf cart. It was it was great. Yeah, yeah we actually <laughs> went through the entire facility without having to do much effort at all. He, he had us, like Scott said, we went through the 336,000 square foot climate controlled building because it was a former mall. It has a north hall, a south, east, west wing to it. Um, and it's attached with internal entry to the Holiday Inn that's there oh, as yeah. well. Oh yeah, 188 rooms, you can stay there overnight. But people come in, they have uh, hours six days a week. And what's really cool is it's, it's very accessible. Stuart talks about, uh, you'll hear in the interview, how he really wants it to be. Part of their mantra is open to people, families come in, what have you. We, we were there and they had an expo center where they had a like a pet day. They had people with their dogs and cats and all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of community events happening at the same time. But what an amazing place. Great people. And there's no entry fee. So it's, right, it's, it's a great place to go. Take some time. Just browse, it, take pictures. Yeah, it's a consignment place, but it's also a museum portion. Oh, well. they do. And the barn finds alone, it's worth the drive from wherever you might be. If you're coming down through the mid-Atlantic states, definitely stop and check out the Classic Auto Mall. Uh, we're so glad to be friends with with all of them. So I am really excited to... Uh, Scott was part of that, that that trip. Excited for you to be part of that. A big shout out to our, uh, to the West Coast side, to Man Engineering, Gary Liu, and our friends in uh, Santa Clara, California, for all things Subaru performance. Check them out, www.man-engineering.com. So thank you very much to our, our great corporate sponsors. Oh, before I forget, Scott, let's jump into today's trivia. And as you and I talked on the drive back from Morgantown on Saturday, we normally try to grab uh, these fun trivia facts, but we're going to apply today's to the actual content of the show. So as you're listening, listen carefully. The question is going to be this. What vehicle 
does Stuart talk about that has a value of over three quarters of a million dollars that was right there. Well, actually, we went right past it. It's behind the glass partition as you walk in. Notice what the that, that vehicle is. We'll talk about that in our wrap up. So And go down and check it out because it is impressive. It is very impressive. So the we'll look for the year and the, the model and a little bit of the, the provenance of that vehicle. That'll be the answer. We'll give that to you at the end of the show. So because long episode, strap in. It's going to be fun. Here we go. This is our main showroom here, and okay. uh, this is this is where we keep the kind of the best of the best that okay. we have. Um, we've got oh probably 50 cars in this room. Uh, the back of it back here is our what we call our vehicle intake or check-in area, and we bring them in, uh, wipe them down, do more if necessary, but uh, bring them in, wipe them down. Then we have a dedicated photo booth right here it's all white floors walls okay uh, everything and take the cars in there do a full set of pictures then put them on the lift do an undercarriage set of pictures and then out on the floor they go and i noticed uh these, these little caddies uh, when yeah. that's what a great way to move them around yeah, that's called a stringo it's made in denmark okay. and uh you know it was ridiculously expensive so it took us forever to decide that we wanted one but when you try to push a 57 chevy and I'm not talking just pushing a straight line, but back it into a parking spot on a display in a showroom floor with five guys trying to push it. And 20 or 30 minutes later, they're yeah. still pushing it yeah. and they're hurting their back and there's fingerprints all over it. Now this thing in two seconds. One man it, show. One man show puts it right into where you, where you want to be. Wow. And I wouldn't trade it for any amount of money now. But it took me forever to decide I was going to buy it. Sure. When did this start? Because when we were coming down, I said, I remember coming down here when it was a mall. Yeah, it was, uh, in, it was built in 1984 and opened in 1985 as an outlet mall uh, by Kimmins Wilson, the founder of Holiday Inns. And okay. he actually built the Holiday Inn that's connected to it as well. And this was kind of a new business model if you will nobody really there was not a lot of outlet malls in 1985 and some of the touristy type towns but there were mm -hmm. but uh, there wasn't a whole lot of them. it was kind of a new industry that they had started and it was a great way for all these manufacturers to get rid of overstock product or yeah. product that was sent back by Macy's or Saks or whomever and so sure. it started as that did very well for a while and then it became a furniture outlet mall and then about 2010 a gentleman was going to buy it and turn it into an auction facility where they did dealer auction, later model cars mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Put a deposit down and they kicked all the tenants out and then he realized what it was going to cost him to do it so he decided to back out of the deal. All the tenants were gone mm -hmm. and now the guy's got an empty building. So it sat empty for six years and my partner had 400 barn finds which are part of the what wow. you see here. Needed a place to put them and this you know kind of worked out perfectly it was one of those kind of right place right time and he saw it and said this would be perfect for my collection then decided to determine you know how can we make a business out of it right so we decided to become a consignment house uh, we could go out and buy cars and all day long but the problem is is you have all the money tied up in the inventory you know if you have to fix it if there's a problem if the market changes mm -hmm. you know you're you're stuck and yeah. so and nothing wrong with that business model you can make that work and you can make that successful but how about let's do a business model where other people's inventory, just like a real estate. Yeah. We don't charge any upfront fees. We don't charge any monthly fees. Uh, there's, we only get paid when we sell the car. So no different than, than a real estate type mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. And so um, that makes, you know, 
our business model work a whole lot better and a whole lot easier uh, and more cost effective. And I've never had the luxury of having this size of a building to do this. You know, it's always 40,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have a photo booth because that would take up too much. This is nearly 400,000, right? Yeah, almost 400,000 square feet. And so, um, you know, you couldn't have a photo booth because you needed, you know, you could only have Mm -hmm. 60 or 70 cars in there. So the business model was very, very difficult to make profitable Mm -hmm. unless you had cars that you just knew were going to sell right away you knew that that car is going to last here maybe two or three weeks now if a guy has a car and he's maybe he paid a little more than the market he's hoping to try to get a little more we can put it on the floor and we can try it for 30 or 60 Mm -hmm. days and then we see what happens and Mm -hmm. if it hits you know sometimes a guy just walks in and says i'll take that one and that can happen and so um so then do you have a level of standards that you'd have for people coming in so we have different areas of cars so what we do is for example if a guy's got 10 cars let's say and eight of them are showroom quality but two of them are barn finds don't run or they're mm-hmm. an 85 Cadillac with 120,000 miles but it's part of the estate and they want to get rid of it mm-hmm. we have two outside areas a barn okay. find operable and a barn find inoperable okay. gotcha. and so we can market those in a kind of a different way uh, and they stay outside but it allows us to take cars or just as much effort to market a $2,000 car as it is a $2 million car mm-hmm. and it's actually easier to sell a $2 million car <laughs> than it is to sell a $2,000 car um, so yeah we have options we try to keep the level of car up to to we're we're friends to all segments of the hobby so if a guy's got a five thousand dollar fiero but it's really nice and a really nice car and he wants to sell it sure we'll take the car some people you know just say hey look i don't want to deal with the selling part of it and that's what we take away is the headache of selling because believe me it can be be a slippery slope (laughs) now you're marketing you go Mm. through hemmings you go mostly online Uh, mostly online we have about 60 websites that we we uh, advertise on worldwide plus our own website classicautomall.com and uh, but hemmings and classic cars and auto trader and auto buy and all of those i mean Mm -hmm. we're just about everywhere you can possibly be and that's that you know the scale of what we do allows us to afford to market it if you were to go and market your own car on all the places we put your car and take a professional set of pictures you'd be inverted you'd be three or four thousand (laughs) dollars and still no guarantee that the car is going to sell so you know you uh so so you really limit yourself so you spend that money and then if it doesn't bring a level of credibility to it absolutely and the building really does that as well too this building is as much for the consigner as it is for the buyer yeah it's for the guy to walk in and say oh this is a perfect place for my yeah. With us, we call you up and say, hey, we got an offer. This is the dollar amount. This is what we're offering you. Give me a call back and let me know. And yeah. a couple hours later, you can give me a call and say, hey, I'll take that. Or no, I won't. Or sometimes they say right away, absolutely, I'll take it. That's the number that makes me happy. So Now, I think you mentioned earlier when we first got here about 500 vehicles under roof today. Mm-hmm. 750. So, okay, yeah. 750. Okay. Yeah. And you can your capacity is about 1,000? About 1,000 to 1,200, somewhere in that range. We haven't gotten there yet, so we okay. don't know exactly what our capacity is. It's somewhere in that range. How so. are you trending? Been growing? Very, yeah. We uh, we consigned our first year into December 31st, and we consigned in our first year 486 cars. We sold 172. Mm-hmm. So we feel very good about that, and our sales have been phenomenal this year, uh, starting in January. And the consignments are really coming in just about as fast as we can take them. So. Well, we're going to take pictures, but this room, your your main piece de resistance, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this room is fantastic. And believe it or not, Model A's and SL Mercedes are the two kind of number one sellers that we have. You know, <laughs> okay, yeah, it's go figure that, <laughs> right? Diverse, yeah. You know, and uh, and you, we always thought that the Model A crowd 
was going to go away. You know, they were mm-hmm. older, they were they were going to die off, and right. nobody was going to care about the Mondelez anymore. Yet they still do. And the reason being is that the Mondelez is an easy car to drive, it's an easy car to fix, it's an easy car to, to maneuver, much more so than a Model T. And parts is availability is amazing. Unbelievable that what you can get on it. And the Model T, on the other hand, is very difficult to drive if you don't know what you're mm-hmm. doing. There's shifters and levers and mm-hmm. stuff that you that can... Spark arrested. Yeah, and all kind. And even with the Model A, it has some of those things, but it's very, very simplistic. It's like the Volkswagen. You know, very easy car to... The, you know, not much can go wrong with it. And if it ran when it stopped, no matter how long ago that was it'll probably run again today you know so um so that remains a popular car in the hobby segment and it's affordable yeah yeah for nineteen thousand, you get into the hobby absolutely you can get into it you can you can determine if you really like the hobby and then if you do you can graduate to the next car and that's what we see guys doing they Mm -hmm. they go from one car for a couple of years and they go to a little bit higher level and then the next level and before you know it they're into you know exactly what they wanted Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but uh but it's a fun hobby and and like i said earlier we we cater all all segments of the hobby. Listen, one guy's, you know, junk is another guy's treasure. That's and right. just because the guy, you know, one guy may say, well, you know, that's not much of a collector car. Well, to the guy who owns it, it is. Yeah. And it's his pride and joy. And it may have been the, the sentiment that goes along with it, his first car, or that high school car, or whatever it might be. So Why do you think four-door sedans sell? Because somebody's father had one, or they had one on their first date, or they, you know, yeah. they there there was a reason that somebody wants any particular car. Yeah, right. Uh, it's just a matter of finding the right person. We're for emotional the right creatures. Car. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and it's not hard. You know, the thing about this is it's a whole different animal. Uh, classic car sales versus new car sales. Yeah. New car sales means I got to get you know I got to have a vehicle because I got to get to work I got to take my kids to school I got to do this that or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, with um, classic cars, it's easier to talk yourself out of it. You That's know, right. it's like I don't need this. Right, right. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, but I really don't need it. Am I willing to go without this big cruise or vacation mm-hmm. or whatever? Exactly. What am I going to not do <laughs> right, <laughs> in right. place of this? Right. And then there's other guys that have 50 of them in their garage, and it you know they got so much money it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Right. So um, it, it's all relative. You know, it's uh, it's like anything. There's a lot of disposable income in the world right now, and when I say the world, I mean the world because. You're actually segueing to my next question, and is obviously we're here in, in southeastern Pennsylvania, not too far from Philadelphia, but where do you see, how far reaching have some of your customers been? Both consignments and sales are going nationwide, and sales are worldwide. So, okay. And the nice thing about where we're located uh, geographically is there's a ton of cars in this part of the world. I mean, this is this is as car crazy of a part of the world as Southern California or South Florida or Arizona yes, sir. is. I will, I will argue that with anybody until I'm blue in the face. I agree with you. But... The other nice thing about where we're located is our proximity to the ports for Europe. Mm-hmm. And so I can generally Baltimore, ship a car. Philly, yeah, Baltimore, yeah. Philly, Newark. Mm-hmm. I can ship a car cheaper from mm-hmm. here to Denmark than I can from here to Southern California. Or here to Oregon. Unreal. Because you know? yeah. the container ship, it just goes in a container and boom, off it goes. Okay. You know, And it doesn't have tolls and fees. Yeah, that's and, true. That's true, yeah. You know, it costs the same to operate that big ship whether you got 10 <laughs> cars or 100 cars probably. That's right. I would imagine. I'm, 
I know nothing about ships, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So it's a, it's a worldwide market, and you figure with 330 some odd million people in this country, and you know seven and a half billion or whatever the number is worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a huge market for these things. We sell them to Dubai, we sell them to Denmark, Germany, we South Africa, uh, uh, South America, Japan. I mean, it really depends on what the car is and you know what segment of the hobby they they really like and and generally speaking you know uh, over in Denmark and places like that they really like big American 50s iron and okay. you know South America seems to like you know early Packards and, okay. and that kind of thing and so you know it's a whole you know a whole bunch of different types of and segments of markets but that car could go anywhere. I mean, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a Cobra replica, and it could go to wherever, and you you wouldn't be surprised. It'd go to Alaska, yeah. all you know, yeah, or Hawaii. Um, so it's you know you can't really pinpoint, and it's hard to predict. The ones that you think are going to sell right away are the ones that don't, and the ones that you think there's no way this is going to sell <laughs> sell immediately. So, so what do I know? You know, it's That's sometimes right. you wonder if you know anything about the business. So. Right. Well, and even seeing the amount of people here just open, walking around and stuff, it gives confidence even to the buyers that they don't have to make a split decision either. That's exactly yeah. right. They can take their time. We say, hey, we're here to help. Whenever you need us, here mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we started this uh, in September of seventeen, so about a year um, about a year and a half ago, and we really started taking consignments January of 18 okay and uh, far exceeded our expectations. You've done amazing yeah. things in a very short period yeah, of time. Yeah, it really has. And and part of it is because we're just really passionate about what mm-hmm. we do. We're, we're in it because we love it. Listen, I'll tell I'll talk a guy out of a car, and I've done it many, many times, mm-hmm. where a guy comes up and says, oh, I want to buy this for my 16-year-old daughter. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Buy a later model car with a mm-hmm. cool stereo and airbags mm-hmm. and heat yeah. and know air conditioning and all the modern amenities because she's going to hate you for this car yeah you think it's cool yeah she doesn't <laughs> yeah without power steering and power brakes <laughs> yeah i mean why why subject your child to that kind of car just because you think it's cool mm-hmm. and people are very surprised that i would talk somebody out of buying a car but it is the right thing to do because i don't want god forbid somebody take out a you know buy a 16 year old son a model a like that and he goes out and he been used to driving something that's got power brakes and power steering as you said mm-hmm. and comes you know up on somebody and hits the brakes and you know four football fields later it's mm-hmm. still slowing down mm-hmm. uh, you know, well i like your business approach because mm-hmm. you're about making long-term friendships and partnerships as yeah. opposed to just a quick sale yeah I don't you really can do that at a local yeah i don't care about that yeah, somebody's happy you're going to hear about it but if they're not everybody's absolutely it, so. and with the power of the internet listen we're not going to make everybody happy we know no. that. we've had guys who were not real happy and we said you know Listen, we 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 covet our relate our our you know our relationship with you, and our reputation. So what do we got to do to make sure that you know this doesn't happen? And you know most people are reasonable. I used to be in the restaurant business, and I'd give away meals all the time, and my partner would just make him crazy. Oh, I can't believe you're giving away meals. What do you <laughs> have you lost your mind? No. Yeah, somebody's going to take advantage of us, but most of them, it's the right thing to do. I'd ask everybody at the table, how was your meal? And you get, great, fantastic. That's all right. You know, the one guy that said it was all right was the guy who's not a complainer, wasn't going to say anything, wasn't going to make a big deal about it. So later on, I'd sidle up to him, you know, when they were doing after-dinner drinks and say, I know you weren't happy with the meal. Here's a comp for two free meals to come back. And we turned around a restaurant down in South Florida within about six weeks uh, that was losing money hand over wow. fist to, to being profitable and we gave a lot away a lot of meals but 
we built a rapport with people and we, mm -hmm. we said, you know, give us a second chance if we didn't make you happy. And, mm -hmm. and that's what we try to do here. And there are some people that are just, un, un, you're unable to make a happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. they're just unhappy to be unhappy. And that's, mm -hmm. that's part of it. You do your best and forget about the rest. That's my partner saying, he has a little dance and he says, do your best and forget about the rest, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and that's all you can do. And, and, and if you can't make everybody happy, then you got to move on. And, you know, I'm a perfectionist and I like Disney clean and green. And when you have a building that's 40 years old, you can't have Disney clean and green, mm -hmm. you know? right. <laughs> but, yeah. but we do our best to try to keep it presentable as best we can in an older building. And also to, you know, keep the cars presentable and that type of thing where we're looking to you know uh showcase what we're doing when we bring the cars in you know we they're completely clean and perfect and spotless and we take them and put them in that photo booth and make them look pretty and mm. put them out on the web but not only do we show um you know the all the good we show the bad as well too That's true. and the best compliment we can get on a car sale is it was a little bit nicer than you described and so you do your best and forget well, about the rest. I can appreciate you and your partner's approach yeah. to things. It's, yeah. it's, it's refreshing. Yeah, in, in it's this fun. cutthroat world. So. Mm -hmm. It really is. And, you know, listen, we, we understand that, uh, that there are people that will, will say things about you no matter if it's true or not. And mm -hmm. eventually you just, it's the first scratch in your car. You just keep moving, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you, uh, forget about that It builds that the one. character. The car and the person. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, but we love what we do, and we think we're on to something. We've got a facility that will allow us to have car events, cruise-ins, car shows. We own the Holiday Inn next door, which has walk-through access, 188 rooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, that gives us the ability to do a lot. And then the property across the street, the old turnpike exit uh, that has been moved across the turnpike now, uh, we just leased that property, and it's 12 more acres. So... Uh, we've got 52 acres here and 20 acres of asphalt and eight acres of a building. So well, that very convenient to get yeah. to. Oh, and very extremely. easy to get. Yeah, you can't miss us. We we've got a few signs out front. Oh, no, you so. do, you do. <laughs> and it's an easy drive to get to. Whether you're coming from Philly, whether you're coming from Reading, whether you're coming from Carlisle and Hershey area, mm -hmm. it's a real easy drive. And Very. people say, "Oh, well, that's oh, I don't know if I can go that far." Well, heck, you can't go across Philly in the time it takes you to come from Philly to here. No, you can't. We were hey. here earlier than we thought we might. Be. Half yeah, hour earlier. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny how mm -hmm. that you know that happens? Of course, mm -hmm. you may have a lead foot too. So. No, no, <laughs> that didn't happen. We didn't say that. Allegedly, now, allegedly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most state troopers are listening yeah. to this. Uh, we've got good friends who are state troopers, so we see them quite often. <laughs> well, do you mind if we just uh, take us around? Let's cruise. Let's yeah, cruise. let's yeah. check out some of your yeah. We've got uh, your lots here. Here's a bunch of cars, and I'll try my best to remember every one of them. Oh, I can't. <laughs> no worries on that. Used to know my inventory pretty well it's, until I had 350 cars for sale, but. Uh, over here to our left is we've got some pretty high dollar Mopars, uh, a 70 Challenger RT 426 four speed car. Yeah, it's pretty rare, and it's hard to get you know a car like that. You just don't find a car like that uh, very often, and when you do, uh, it's kind of rare air. And so uh, it's one of those ones that uh, uh, it's it's at the top of the market. But if the right guy is looking for that particular car, it's probably the best one to be found. And we have a lot of Mopar fans. And we have a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you do, especially in this part of the world. There's a lot of <coughs> excuse me. There's a lot of Mopar fans around here. I mean, we've got a 446 pack car over here. Uh, the black one. That's, uh, that's a four-speed car. We got a B5 Blue GTX Hemi a 69. I was gonna say that grabbed my eye as soon as we get in. The one in between is kind of interesting because most of those that you see are replicas, and that is not. That's CSX 21000.
and that's a 1964 289 Shelby Cobra. That's uh, in the Shelby Registry, documented basically since new. Um, the the consigner has owned it since 1981, and uh, it's a dynamite car. Uh, you know, all aluminum bodied, uh, just a, a terrific, terrific example. But the one on the far end down here is our newest acquisition, and uh, I say acquisition. I didn't buy it, so how can it be an acquisition? But, <laughs> but it could be. But it could be if I decided I needed to spend eight hundred twenty-five thousand oh dollars today. My. That's a nineteen fifty. Lister Jaguar, oh, wow. and it's an aluminum-bodied car as well too. And that is, they made 17 of those. And that one had an interesting history that it was uh, reportedly, uh, reputedly owned by the Shelby family, and back in the 50s. And it was damaged; uh, the body was completely damaged, but they still had the frame and the chassis number and all that, which is most of the value in those things yeah. is the chassis number. Yeah. So they sent it to England and had that body completely hand formed to the original mold that were done and, and you know it's a stunning car it is when the Jaguar factory in the 50s caught on fire and burnt they were building these listers and and they didn't really have much competition with Jaguar D-types back in the day because of the factory burning down so mm -hmm. uh, uh, this Brian Lister started bought I guess 17 or 18 Jaguar D-type 3.8 liter motor it's got 395 horsepower and it weighs nothing oh. so the 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 power to weight ratio yeah. is incredible the consigner actually detuned it a little bit because it was almost too much power, which I know sounds contrary to what it is we do, but I get that. You know, in my preference, a 289 Cobra is a much more pleasurable car to drive than a 427 Cobra. 427 is cool, and it's the fastest, and it's the baddest, and all this, but it's also hot, and it's temperamental, and it's, you know, a 289 is like a nice balance, and it's got more of the power. It's tossable. It's, it's and tossable, and it's got more power than at my advanced age. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I got on a motocross bike not too long ago, and I hadn't ridden a motocross bike since the 70s. Mm -hmm. They're not even in the same category. They have got so much power, and I felt like I was a you know a, a little kid. Arms you know, coming out of the side. Yeah, <laughs> just I was like barely going, you know. So, you know, it's all relative to your perspective perspective and sure. what you've been through and what you've done and that kind of thing of and, and uh, so 395 horsepower in that car would be quite a bit <coughs> excuse me but uh, but anyway we'll keep going around we've got uh, plenty to see and then we'll get stuck on one and uh, before you know it we'll never have gotten anywhere that's all right this is our tram that we tram people around this is our one of our barn find rooms with all of our trucks and there's okay some of the coolest old trucks you'll ever see. A 1918 Han, which is 101 years old. A 1910 International High Wheeler with a Surrey top. Oh. You know, that's 109 years old. A 1909 Doris, which is one of probably the only one in existence. That is uh, incredible. Um, that was built in St. Louis. And the grandfather of, the, of George Doris, who manufactured these, uh, the grandson was here not too long ago and has one. And so we know of two now, ours and his. And the fire engine in the back there? Yeah, some fire engines. That's an 1876 uh, uh, La France. Oh uh, fire. It's a steam-powered fire wagon, wow. horse-drawn. Uh, then we've got some Republic, uh, uh, Republic ice truck here, a Vim, which was a, a Pennsylvania-built uh, pickup truck, 1917, a 20 Maxwell grain truck, a 23 GMC with a C cab, uh, 23 Chevrolet Weedman motorhome. So you oh think a Prevo gosh. has got a slide out, and you're ahead of the curve. Look well, at this that. was 1923. Look, so. That's incredible. And look at the seat. Sorry, you listeners oh, can't wow. see the seat, but yeah, it's, we'll it's, take photos for Instagram. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and somebody said, you should fix that seat. And I said, you should bite your tongue. Yeah. Right. And I'm not touching that <laughs> no, seat. No, you don't. You, know? you don't? So, uh, authentic and original one time. Yep. And it still looks comfortable. Yeah, and it still looks halfway comfortable. You yeah. might want to put a sheet of plastic over that it or something. That is crazy. It's got an armoire in there as well, too, for your clothes wow. and, and all that. But with a slide out and the vents up at the that top. That was there. quite the RV for yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. If you had something like that back in the day, you were really, really, really cool. So That's so neat. And this room is uh, cars for sale. That's a 1936 Fleetwood-bodied Cadillac and then a 1940 Cadillac convertible sedan oh, next gorgeous. to it. Uh, back in the back back there is a 73 Triumph TR6 with all M3 BMW power, and that thing is a that beast. That would be a tear. It is a tear. Again, the power to weight ratio is, oh. you know, hard to hard to even even comprehend. That is um, a cool mod. But as you can see, the what's, variety. What's this uh, interesting it's a little freeway trike? Okay, I know nothing about it. Okay, it's got two wheels in the front, one in the rear, and it's yellow, and it's a single seat over the steering wheel. Yeah, that looks. And if you notice, there is no rhyme or reason to our layout. At first, we were going to, you know lay these out in some kind of order and mm -hmm. now we'll, we'll do the barn finds we are going to rearrange the building and do the barn finds in chronological order the 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 museum side of what we are we're basically two places we're a car sales facility and we're a museum okay so we're going to lay those out in chronological order but the cars that are for sale we decided that the way we're moving them and coming and going and this and that no way you could you can't even get a theme no and so yeah, it kind of has people looking though yeah. a little bit more than going just to a section with the car exactly just to the corvette room right. or just yeah. to whatever room there's a 70 cutlass convertible that we just sold uh, dynamite car and uh, a 58 Chevrolet Yeoman wagon right here that's in barn fine patina oh patina word, patina um, but solid body you know rare two-door wagon which that's is really cool. really rare um, then you know a Henry J oh my gosh that'll get you down the quarter mile yes it will uh, and a GTO convertible and a couple sold cars in here and a uh, let's see, we've got a Dodge B1B Woody Wagon that has 480,000 <laughs> miles on it. Oh my gosh. So family used to drive it to Florida and back, you know, a couple of times a year. Wow. And then we've got some, some home built that my partner built over the years when he was growing up when he didn't have any money. And so for $50, you know, you bought a bumper for this and a, yeah. and a, and an engine from this and a fender from this. Kind of like mini rat rods. Exactly. What's the pumpkin thing over there? And that's a pumpkin. Don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> It's that, a pumpkin car that, that picture -worthy. we become quite popular during uh, uh, the uh, Halloween. Uh, I can see that. So. <coughs> Sneak through here. Sure. We've got a. We have. We do shows from time to time in here, where it be a home show or a pet show or that kind of thing, because we've got all this space and and uh, um, uh, availability right now. We're not full of cars, so right. there's a great Land Cruiser oh, right that there that's all been modded up. Well, and there's nobody that doesn't want to look at cars. So you have crossover from whatever might be be in here. Here's the beauty of cars. I have people all the time that come in here and say, well, I'm not really into cars. You don't have to be into cars. Just be into history. Just yeah. be into mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And because then being here three hours. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And memories. And Even memory. if you don't like cars, you remember your grandfather's or your mom's station wagon, whatever it is. It's or your cousin or your neighbor yeah. or yeah. your, you know, the farmer down the street had this, that, or the other. And yeah, so, you have to be nuts about them like the rest of us, but still. Exactly. You know, you don't, yeah, you don't have to be car crazy to appreciate what it is that we have sure. in here. And just well, the variety, Bentley. you know, wow. Bentley Turbo R. Uh, you know, back in the day, that was a you know a car in a Plymouth Duster, yeah, and a Mustang convertible, and an 1800 Volvo, and then a four-door Lincoln Continental, you know, right. and then a 92 Vet, and then a sedan delivery, and a 
and a Ford Crestline and an Austin London taxi. That's great. <laughs> that is really know, cool. And, and, and a DeSoto four-door sedan. And a that color is beautiful. Yeah. And a 280S Mercedes and a two-door Oldsmobile Delta 88, which is rare. <laughs> but as I always say, there's rare and then there's desirable. That's Just because they only made... Taxi is my daily driver. Yeah. Just because they only made three of something doesn't mean that, that anybody cares. I mean, there's a reason that they only made five Fuchsia 85 Mercedes. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mustangs, right? <laughs> so, these are some of our barn finds, and here's some Pierce Arrows and uh, uh, different types of, of cars that are really kind of rare and unusual. A Grand Page, a Franklin. Uh, the Pierces were interesting because they had the molded-in headlights back in the 20s and 30s. They had the patent on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got a 32 Chevrolet, and you see a lot of 30s, 20s, and 30s Fords, but very you don't see as many 30s and, and 20s and 30s Chevrolets. No, you don't. Uh, there's a 30 Willys right there, a 27 Ford Model T, a 28 Chevrolet. Red Willys over there too. We're coming up through. Yep, yep, and uh, and. Uh, there's a Pierce Arrow with the molded in he- headlights. You see how the headlights yeah, are molded into the fender? Amazing. See how they've got that? Right yeah. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. See how the Chevrolet would be is they just had it on a bar. Yep. Uh, and mm-hmm. same, there's a 1927 Whippet, uh, a 25 Studebaker duplex with the artillery wood wheels, uh, a 26 Chevrolet, another 26 Chevrolet, pretty wow. rare. Do you uh, happen to know if you have any 58 uh, Chrysler Furies? I do not. Okay, because we have a fan that asks us, hey, when you're down there, would you, would you find out? Well, so. um, unless it's just hidden and I don't know where sure. it is. <laughs> 20 Overland, um, 1917 Chevrolet, which was kind of a test model car, and that's a rare, rare piece. I mean, again, it's a four-door touring sedan, so it's not as if it is a you know, hugely desirable type car, but very rare. Yeah. Uh, you hardly see those at all, and there's a 17 Studebaker next to it. Hutmobile right next to it, a 16 Studebaker, uh, a 1923 Star Roadster, which is a rare, rare piece. And, yeah. and our oldest piece is right here, and this one's completely restored. It's a 1904 Cadillac Model A runabout, and uh, it's really spectacular. Truly the horseless carriage. Yeah, right? and that's London to Brighton eligible, which is a race that they do in England uh, that's 1904 and older cars are eligible in it. So, and that's kind of the top of the heap for that. So, you know, we don't know what it's worth. It's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. You know, uh, we're asking 150 but, you know, we're open to offers. <laughs> that is spectacular. And then in this room, a little bit older cars, the 1913 Mets. And uh, this is a 1914 Woods Mobilette, which is very narrow. And you see, they have the, see that, yeah. The, you see the back seats canted back into oh, it is, yeah. a little further back than the, uh, uh, or the passenger seat, yeah. than the uh, driver's seat. Another Mets, a Brush Liberty. You know, and all these cars, we our, our goal was to get them to run. That was the thing that, <clears throat> so they all ran when they came in here. Now, some of them had been in here for a year and a half, so sure. it may take a little coaxing. But yeah. uh, that's a Waltham Fuchs. I don't remember what year it is, um, but uh, it was one that you could buy. Uh, monthly, you could get a new part. So you'd spend like $10, and they'd send you the wheels. And then you'd spend $10, and they'd send you the grill. And then okay. the last thing they sold you was the engine. And it was like a, <laughs> like a layaway-type plan. You yeah, know, right. You know. so, and then next to it's a car by installment. Yeah. <laughs> next to it is a 1911 Sears, which you bought through the Sears catalog. Sure. And it's got solid wheels, which my... The tiller. Uh-huh, with the tiller uh, control. But the solid wheels is something that my son, who is not into cars, who's 27 years old, does not understand why tires are not solid now. Because as much as I taught them everything about cars, I get a call at 3 o'clock in the morning, he's on the side of the road, and I hear semis going by, and he doesn't know how to change the tire. Uh, 
<laughs> on his his quoted red car. What kind of car is it? It's red. <laughs> no, that's not what I asked you. I don't know, Dad. It's just a red car. <laughs> so, oh well. You can't you can't force your kids no, to like what you like. No, you and some can't. stage coaches in there as well too. And then a whole wing more of cars for sale and a whole other wing of uh, uh, barn finds down there. It's just they are uh, closed off during this event that we're having here. Okay. Uh, another sales showroom floor with you know everything from a 28 Model A Roadster pickup, 66 Mustang Fastback, 42 Hudson, wow. uh, 2006 Corvette, uh, 54 Ford uh, convertible. Um, Incredible. 2002 Dale Earnhardt Monte Carlo. Yeah. If you just have to. And a little high boy roadster down here. Yeah, another that's sold sure. Mustang. That one's going to Germany, actually. No the, kidding. The uh, Mustang convertible. Well, they're getting a nice one. Yep, they really are. And uh, these are two high dollar uh, oh, custom my. Corvettes that. Uh, like resto mods. Yeah, resto mods, which we're seeing in the segment in the uh, the hobby, just doing unbelievably well. It's just. You watch, you know, any of the auctions, and you see a, a, a bone stock '58 Corvette go for 150, and, mm-hmm. a, and a and a resto mod going for 300. It's mm-hmm. a little, a little hard for us old purist guys to understand, but mm-hmm. it's it's like anything. Desire drives the market. Desire drives the market, and who am I to say what you like or don't like, That's or right. what's cool or not cool? It's, That's right. You know, I, I I learned a long time ago that just because I don't think it's something doesn't mean that it isn't something. That's right. You know. That's and, right. Same with these resto mods. I get it. You know, a guy gets out of his brand new whatever, and he gets into a 69 Z28, and he goes, well, this drives like bleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, he, so then he says, well, let's make it so it drives more modern. Mm-hmm. You know? well, mm-hmm. Let's add a new suspension to it. Let's add uh, modern amenities. Let's have air conditioning. Let's have, uh, well, the power's got to be modern, and I don't mm-hmm. want to work on it, and I don't want to pump it, and I don't want to deal with a, a tuning a carburetor. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what do we do? You know, so... So let's make this thing something that I can enjoy, but I still look cool. Yeah. So, and hence the resto mod. And I'm all for it. Listen, I'm for the tuner cars. I'm for the low riders. I'm mm-hmm. for the, you know, the Model A's. I, I look Ferraris. at it. There's room for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just general ballpark uh-huh. price tags on the... Uh, 129 on the 58 orange and white Co- uh, Corvette Roadster mm-hmm. and one. 29.9 on the other one, nice. the red 55 or 54 Corvette Roadster. So. Beautiful. Oh. Right in that price range, and uh, seems to be a bargain from what we're seeing on TV. They're they're very nicely done. Yeah, for mm-hmm. C1, C2, the rest of mods are pretty spectacular. Yeah, and then if you just can't live without it, we actually have two Buick Riata convertibles, which is unheard of. That's one for her, one for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you never even see a Riata convertible, right. much less like you even see many Riatas. <laughs> right, right. But, you have two. And we have two. So we're cornered the market. We're like the Hunt Brothers and Silver back in <laughs> yeah, the early 80s. Yeah. We're cornering the market on Buick Riata convertibles, so oh, don't man. anybody try to step into our no, territory. you got yes. this. This is yours. This is ours. And we're, not gonna, <laughs> we're not relinquishing it. You know? And then we have right Grand here. here. Yeah, and we have a brand new Grand Sport from the local Chevy dealer because, okay. uh, you know, they their their market is more trucks and uh, and stuff that's not a Grand Sport Corvette. So they okay. they asked us to help market it for them. And, and is uh, it faster than this little Honda here in the front porch? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depends on where on you're paper. going. On paper, <laughs> if you're going to that camper, I'm <laughs> on the Honda, the QA50. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, they just look like they're kind of placed together. There. <laughs> well, that's, they, there's a reason for that. It's, uh-huh. it's marketing 101, right? Um, the QA50 is interesting because it's $2,900, and those things are about 
$175 when they were new at that. I, I had one. I was going to say, I here. tore up a backyard with one of those. I did too. I made a little track around <laughs> yeah. my backyard. But when I, then I really graduated, and my next one was an XR75, and there, I was really Yeah, cool. now you were living. Because I wanted to be Jeff Ward, who was the, uh -huh. who's now a car racer. He races cars, but he was the mini bike champion back in the 70s. Okay. I mean, he was the guy. I lived in Elsinore, California. Hello. What a perfect place to live, because the Elsinore Hondas were yeah, sure. so popular. But the XR75 was a great motorcycle <laughs> and now they're five or six grand yeah go figure that it's amazing yeah so kept yours. yeah we I all know. say that yeah should have kept a lot of things yeah except my first ex-wife <laughs> <laughs> so but uh but we, we talked about these fire trucks back here and we can wander back in here sure little travails around here. I keep here, looking at your uh, former M3 there. That's yeah, I know. I, it's, it's like I keep, I wish I, it would we, just go away. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you're bringing up a really sore subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't hold it against me. Yeah, I promise I won't. Okay. So we've got the, uh, there's a Stuart, which is apropos since my yeah, name is Stuart. Of course. Yeah, yeah. A diamond, a 1940. Spelled the right way too, I see. Correctly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a diamond T, uh, the LaFrance fire wagon with a steam powered boiler behind it. That's a big Mac with a chain driven Mac, oh 1920s. Uh, there's an uh, international uh, harvester. Is that a Kaiser Darren or uh, Kaiser down there? No, that is a uh, Studebaker. Oh, Studebaker. Okay. Yeah, we'll, All right. We'll go get a closer look at that if we can sneak around down there. Wow, you really have a great facility for all this. Yeah, it works out. There's my baby right there. Oh, yes. Yeah. You are cruising in yeah, style. I love that. That's the last year of that body style. Okay. And uh, the 06. And that, to me, was one of the, the one of my favorite body styles. I love the curved kind of yes. wraparound rear window. Yes. It's, like I said, it's supercharged, 5.5 liter, about 490 horsepower. Are you a Tennessee Vol alumnus? Well, I must be if I would have a stupid orange tee on the back of my Mercedes because yeah. I'm either a hillbilly or a Tennessee orange Vol fan or okay. both. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm probably a hillbilly. Okay. Uh, yes, I grew up in Knoxville okay. and uh, uh, alumni of the University Very of Tennessee. Very cool. And, uh, and miss it down there. It's a great part of the world. Yes, yeah. it is. And our basketball team has made it to the 32, whatever they call the sweet 32 or no i don't they don't call it sweet 32 they something, call it something to celebrate for that so we're doing well in basketball oh, now year. i now we're yeah. closer yeah and that yeah. looks and like that's a, a commander mm -hmm. the very very that's a barn find obviously wow. um really interesting piece here 1920 aaron's fox fire truck uh what makes this piece rare most fire trucks are very not very collectible because they're so big mm -hmm. this one's got a front pumper on it though which makes it very very desirable and if you'll notice the pressure globe on the top up yeah. there, there's no seam on it. And the guy who built those wouldn't let anybody know how he built them without a seam. And he went to his grave not knowing that. So any later ones in that will have a seam around them because nobody could figure out how to make them seamless. And they still have them. Still have. I, I mean, whether there's even a need for them, maybe somebody today could do it. But back in the 20s when this guy died, sure. they had to go to a two-piece uh, globe, if you will, because wow, nobody could figure out. It. Get it up. Yeah, they couldn't figure well, out how to make a it balloon work. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could have. You know, <laughs> that's but pretty uh, cool. you know, maybe he had very large lungs and he could just <laughs> blow into that thing and, and make steel grow. You know? So, um, but uh, so uh, again, a little bit of everything. Yeah, uh, you would have to take a night class and learn order and learn how to drive one of these. Yeah, things. it's crazy. And I mean, just you know, the history of trucks is the interesting part about trucks is is that they not many of them survived because. 
you didn't just use those and put them away. You used those until they were no, Probably they done. were just done. Yeah. You know, they were just completely. Like a washcloth. Uh, you yeah, wring it exactly, all out. Exactly. Until it's completely done. You know? <laughs> it's like my grandmother used to do. She'd get mad at me because I'd throw away a sliver of soap. She said, use the sliver, then get the new soap <laughs> wet, oh, yeah, and then stick the two together. <laughs> And then, by the way, with the butter, you can grease a pan with that package that it comes in. It's like, Jesus, what are we, what are we living in poverty here? I mean, uh, coal mine in West Virginia? That, well, you know, we have no Depression era definitely had to learn things the hard way. You know, you did. And, and the cool thing about it is, is that I like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with being thrifty. There's yeah. nothing wrong with, yeah. you know, spending where you got to spend, but save where you can save. Waste is waste. waste you shouldn't waste. Yeah. You just shouldn't waste. And, it's, and it really, it's funny because, you know, my dad was the same way about paper towels. Two paper towels that piss him off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we you really need, Mr. Mr. Yeah. Rockefeller, you need two paper towels? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it does teach you a lesson. Of course, I said, you know, is that a brand new Eldorado you drive every year? And how much do you lose at the Cadillac dealer when you trade yeah. that Eldorado yeah. in? But yeah. But you know, it's uh, it, it, it's all relative, and people's you know people say, well, that's how, you know, Bill Gates won't you know do this or that, and well, that's how he got rich. No, it's not. He got rich because he was mm-hmm. brilliant, smart, and created mm-hmm. a cool product, and mm-hmm. you know, did what he needed to do. But uh, but I think that uh, uh, the the point being is that certainly that generation uh, was you know very very conservative in a lot of ways, and most of our uh, buyers are very conservative and, and sellers are very conservative. They, they won't blink at spending $100,000 on a hot rod or a Corvette or a 35 Cadillac, but they're still, they still shop at Walmart. They still mm-hmm. buy their clothes at Walmart. Mm-hmm. They still balk at a $3 bottle of water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that gives them the discretionary income to do other things. Exactly. They, they spend their money where they want to spend it. They wouldn't right. spend you know, $50 on a shirt to them. is just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. I mean, but $100,000 on a hot rod is not. And mm-hmm. so you know, it's all relative. My ex-father-in-law was a country music singer, and his daughter bought a brand-new BMW. He said, how much was that car? And I said, it was $60,000. And he kicked up those $10,000 Letty boots. He says, well, that's a real waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, that's your perspective. You yeah. know, a $60,000 car is too much, but $10,000 boots yeah. are yeah. Know, part of the norm. It's so. our priorities. It's all relative. It really is. And, and, you know, it's what your comfort level is. And, you know, you watch people spend a lot of money on a lot of different things. But there's, like I said earlier, ah, God, the amount of discretionary mm-hmm. income that people have nowadays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's interesting. There's a picture in here. It's the assembly line for the first Corvette that came off the line. And there's about 25 guys all standing around it in this black and white picture. You'll see all these pictures we got yeah, from Ford, them, and you've Ford and General Motors sold us all these images. Excellent. And so it's got these guys, and they're all standing around this half circle around the very first Corvette off the assembly line in 1953. And the thing that's interesting about that is the guy in the rolled up sleeve white t-shirt had a wife and two kids. They had a nice house in the suburbs. He had, they both had, they had two cars. They put both their boys through college. They took a nice vacation every year. They retired at 60 years old. And they had plenty of money to live, with one income, live for the, the remainder of their life. That's gone. That is no longer exists. You know, we were watching a show on television from the 50s, and it showed a wealthy family doing this and that. And you think, well, how could they afford to do it? It was actually affordable to be wealthy back in the mm-hmm. 50s. You know, you didn't need exponential amount of money more than, than nowadays to be a Well, they didn't buy a $900 iPhone every 11 months either. Exactly, because so. we absolutely have to have it. No, we don't have to 
have it? My goodness. I always look at it this way. The phone I have now is way better than the phone I had before, you know, and until it stops working, and they make them stop working, I'm certain of it. Plus, they listen to you on them, too, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> that's another show. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> Maybe a little sidetrack there. But, uh, but no, it's, it's, it is all relative. I mean, if you look at the stuff you have around your house and you think, you know, all this stuff we, we did without. Now, listen, a cell phone is an integral part of my business, as is mm-hmm. a, um, uh, a computer. And so if you look at, at what makes sense in, in, in my business, then, you know, certainly uh, we like to, uh, we just got a car sale. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thanks for oh, you're, you're doing the one a day. See? Yeah, one a day. Saturday, check. Check, check. Got Saturday. <laughs> but we got to get one for tomorrow because we're not open. Oh, so. Okay, well, let's... Yeah. So don't, hey, don't it's get early. all... It's yeah. early. Yes. I'm, I'm pressured. Yeah, I'm rooting for you, It's Stuart. only 10 till 10. That's so, right. yeah, we got plenty of time. So, <laughs> But... Um, the discretionary income thing, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot more of it now. And people have a lot of money. And to go and spend $50,000, which is a lot of money, mm-hmm. people don't even blink about it anymore. Go watch Barrett Jackson on TV. Oh, yeah. You just can't believe how many people, or RM, or Gooding, or any of these mm-hmm. high-end auctions, how many guys can buy a million-dollar car. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't care how much money I had. I would be a nervous wreck to raise my hand to buy a million-dollar mm-hmm. car. You know, yeah. I, I just couldn't fathom I can't it. see me, myself living in a million-dollar house, let alone no, no, driving. No, no, no. Nor do I want one. Yeah. You know, we just, we just uh, remodeled and added on to our house. And we, have a, we live right here next to the mall because mm-hmm. we're here all the time. We have a vacation home that we go to on the weekends or when we can. When we can. But we live in a little modest little rancher that's right next door to here, and we added on to it. We kept it all one level. Mm-hmm. We just added on a nice master bedroom. And a, but, you know, we could have gone and built a house and added a bowling alley. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't even want all that stuff mm-hmm. anymore. You know, it's like overhead. It's, it's all overhead and upkeep. It's like I haven't owned a boat. You know, we're going to go out in a boat about three times in the summer. So let's just go rent one for about 400 bucks. Yeah. And well, we know what the acronym boat stands for. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh, I do. I can't remember, but it was. Break out another thousand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that could be if you, just, you go to the dancing clubs, too. But that's a whole other yeah, show yeah, as well, yeah. too. <laughs> uh, I have no that, idea. That's what the after about. dark show. I don't know what you mean. I have no idea what well, you're I'll, talking I'll about. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's going to explain that. I'll, I'll drop some pictures. Maybe pictures. Yeah. Graphs, charts. Pictures would be great. I mean, actually, I'll have to get a, I'll have to have your parents sign off on a, a waiver first. But, but. but you know, it, it's like anything. Uh, you know, you could have all these things, but it, you start, especially the older you get, you start getting. I just turned fifty-seven, so you know, the practical side of me kicks in a little bit more often than it used to. Mm-hmm. And you know, the ability to go and dump a bunch of money at a, you know, uh, at a casino or to, you know, do stuff like that really just doesn't interest me as much as yeah. it used to anymore you know it used to be fun or to go out you know it's 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 painful to go out to eat anymore i yeah. mean it's not it hard can be. Yeah. you spend a fortune going yeah, out do. to eat dinner you and you know you think gosh i could cook just as good a steak at home mm-hmm. i could have just as good a bottle of wine for about a quarter of the price mm-hmm. uh, and i don't have to drive and go anywhere and i've got my nice setup here you know what am i doing and, and it's not like it's different if it's a social thing but if you're just going to eat dinner with you and the wife it's like what's yeah. the difference you yeah. know so but you know it's what we've come to be used to and expect and and it becomes our new norm it does it's become hard to go back. Norm. it is hard to go back mm-hmm. it's it's uh, i would imagine it would be harder to be rich and then to be poor than it would to be poor and then to be rich because right. i would think that it would be very difficult to go from having having it all which i've seen a lot of people do mm-hmm. and then to have nothing you know right. and just think wow you know and then all of these old cars and all this becomes you know you kind of got to scratch your head and say okay what's the point but but i i argue that the point is 
is is that these old cars are part of our history and they're yes. part of our, of our culture and the automobile shaped this country as much as anything else ever has I or agree. ever will and granted we'll lose combustion engines at some point mm -hmm. in time and that's just a fact and mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do about it and we'll get past it mm -hmm. listen they make some pretty cool electric cars they I do mean, you know but the thing that the Cars of Carlisle podcast has a following now, Germany, Argentina, Brazil, mm -hmm. Sweden, Ireland, it is becoming global like everything is becoming global. Mm -hmm. But it is really fascinating that Mustangs headed to Germany. That, Absolutely. That a lot of what we've created over the last 50, 60, 70 years is desired by those all over the all over the globe. We are stewards, not stewards, <laughs> right. of yeah, these cars. That's you. Yeah, 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 you I'm a steward. Both. And really, my name does originate from steward or servant, I think. Is okay. what, so, <laughs> we will go there. Yeah. <laughs> but we are stewards of these, and we should take good care of them. And I have, I have, I know people that own collections of cars that don't, that, that are more concerned about the quantity than, than mm. keeping the quality and keeping mm -hmm. them in, in pristine condition. And it bothers me a little bit because mm -hmm. I think that, listen, you know, you're just the caretaker of this car and it's going to go to somebody else someday. So take care of it the best you can. Keep it as an original as you can. Yeah. I'm okay with resto mods, but, you know, obviously don't take a matching numbers 283 Fuley uh. 58 Corvette and drop in a, you know, an LS1 engine yeah. in it. You yeah. know, take one that the engine's gone, it's been replaced, yeah. uh, uh, whatever. I'm okay with that. Take a, take a four-door something and do something cool with it because it's, you know, not the value. But, but leave alone the ones that are in that quality or in that category mm -hmm. are most people wouldn't take them to to change them anyway but but you'd be surprised what people do and i just i, I hope that people don't get to that point where they take away the originality of these cars because learning how to drive one of these cars is a rite of passage my dad would take us out in a rural drive car and uh even before i was of, of driving age but the local library parking lot when there was a good three four inches of snow mm -hmm. and say i want you to know how to counter steer and, yep. and be able to get yourself out of a bad situation and now I love just to go out and hoon and have some mm -hmm. fun but it all came around from the fact of I knew how to handle a car well before video games well yep. before things and you just now it's instinctive and I don't yeah. think we have that now no I, we don't I, I saved myself from totaling uh, my my first good car that I had and because my dad had taught me that when you're plowing forward in a skid to let your foot off the brake which is you know, nobody would think of that if you didn't. If somebody didn't teach you that, how would you know to let yes. off the brake? Yes, that it's just doesn't. It's not instinctual. You want to push harder on the brake. Yes, you do. And so I saved my '76 455 four-speed Trans Am. I shouldn't have been driving in the snow anyway. Well, with that, with that big block, <laughs> all that heavy weight up on the nose was all the more reason exactly. why I had to come off. The and brake. it had, you know, and and all that horsepower, 220 from the factory. So nothing to sneeze at no. back in, you know, no, not 1970. Yeah, seven, I bought the car and it was two years old, in '78. Yeah. So all the restrictions then. Yeah. Well, Stuart, thank you so very no, much. I know this is a work day for you on a Saturday. You have given up a lot of your time. We at Cars of Carlisle certainly appreciate it. And I'm so excited to get this episode out. And for those that are in the, the greater Carlisle, Hershey, East, Southeastern, or wherever, I mean, it could be Maryland, what, that they maybe take a, an afternoon or evening and, and come up and visit. Absolutely. And We're here Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, regular business hours. Wednesdays, we do an open house from 4 to 8. Saturdays, 8 to noon, uh, closed on Sundays. And uh, so we welcome everybody to come up and see us. And uh, and as far as where they can find you on online? Maybe classicautomall.com. And uh, and we're uh, we're located right on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, about an hour west of Philadelphia, on uh, exit 298. You can't miss us. Big sign says Classic Auto Mall in a former 
former outlet mall uh, connected to a Holiday Inn. So we're uh, we're visible, easy access to get to, and uh, and uh, we'd love to welcome everybody to come see us. There's never an admission charge. We don't charge people to come in to see the collection or the cars for sale, and never will. That's one of our things. We want people to enjoy it. Excellent. So. And well, do you have any major events coming up at all this season? Yeah, we've got a swap meet coming up next weekend. Uh, that's going to be old car parts and and uh, a car corral area outside, and then we've got some other events that were that are in the works we haven't finalized yet but if you keep an eye on our website we're working on developing a new event page because there's a lot of people that want to have an event here and if any car clubs want to have a meeting up here we have a mm. whole lounge and food court area they're welcome to use the facility no That's charge facility. and no yeah. charge so they can come Amazing. up and use it and, and bring their car club because listen the more car clubs that see what we do here the more opportunity they've got an opportunity to sell their car or buy a car here <laughs> that's the way we look at it is that you know ultimately we're in the sales business and uh, we don't want to be in the admission based yeah. attraction business yeah, that's yeah. that's a whole different animal that yeah. changes the whole dynamic of what you're doing yeah you know come on in everybody come in enjoy the cars you know don't you know be respectful of the cars but enjoy them right and and we welcome everybody to come well and that still promotes the enthusiasm in the cars as well it's not just a you know it's, well, not just it's inclusive <laughs> well Stuart, thank you so yes, sir. much thank you guys so yeah, much great. enjoyed it so much okay we're back to studio a hope you enjoyed that tried to give the very best virtual tour of the classic auto mall that we could and cannot thank uh, Stuart for just an incredible giving of his time and and he was there working on a Saturday morning and focused on the, uh, the tour and giving us the background. And just a really great guy. He's a people person. Yeah. He'll, he greets and meets and, and he just showed us around and what hospitality. It was great. Most definitely. And look forward to Cars of Carlisle going back to visit future exhibits and future consignments. And I even told him a particular car that I have in mind that uh, it's on my wish list that he's going to keep an eye out for me to add to my stable. But I, I am very, very impressed with uh, the facility and the way they run their operations. And just as you heard, some of the business model and the way the principles of how they operate, the fact that they want this to be accessible and open to families and, and people to feel welcome to come, a very inclusive atmosphere. So I, I can't wait to go back and look forward to working with them in, in various capacities, perhaps in the future. Okay, so before we close, let's wrap up and give you the answer. I'm sure you caught the answer to today's trivia question. The trivia question was this, what vehicle was discussed by Stewart that has a value of over three quarters of a million dollars? And the answer is the 1958 Lister Jaguar. And as you heard with the, the factory burning down, they sent it back, they had all the, they had the original molds, they redid the entire bodywork on it, and it is, I won't say priceless, but it is an amazing car. I'd be afraid to even sit in it. It is unbelievable. So there's probably a, a future owner that will truly relish that car. And just to see it, it, just as you walk into the building to the right, it is incredible. We'll have pictures out on Instagram. Scott's always Mr. Social Media. He's got, uh, what, Scott? Probably 40, 50 pictures we have to choose from to get yeah, a handful they all out will there. Be out there. Well, yeah. And we'll put a handful of them out there. All right. Can't wait to have you come back next week. In fact, just to give you a heads up. We are just about celebrating our one-year anniversary at Cars of Carlisle, so that's a bit of what we're doing behind the scenes. And a lot of episodes for you to catch up on if you haven't heard them. As always, subscribe, rate, review. That means the world to us. It helps us out so much. Pass the word to friends and family. And for now, we'll say drive well and be well. Take, Take care. care.